thank you everyone for joining us and tuning into today uh, to NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. My name is Ryan Gregoire and I am the Legislative Director for your New York State Association of Counties. Today, I am joined by Assemblyman Fred Thiel, representing the 1st Assembly District, way out on the north and south parts of Long Island in Suffolk County. Assemblyman Thiel has 48 years of government service, having served in town government, the Suffolk County Legislature, and since 1996, the New York State Assembly. Mr. Thiel is the chairman of the Assembly Local Governments Committee and serves as a member of the Rules Committee, Environmental Conservation, Oversight, Analysis, and Investigation, and Transportation Committees. Uh, welcome to the show, Assemblyman. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ryan, it's, it's, it's good to be here, you know, beginning of the session. And, uh, you know, I've en enjoyed working with you and with NISAC and, you know, looking forward to do it, doing it again. When I heard you say, say 48 years of experience in, in government, I suddenly started feeling really, really old all no. of a sudden. But, but <laughs> I, you know, actually, you know, that is correct. I, I came to Albany for the first time when I was a, a college intern. I was in the assembly intern program in 1975. And, and that was, uh, that was a, a key thing for me because that's when I knew that government was something that I, I really, really wanted to do with my life. And, uh, you know, I started in Albany and and I guess, you know, somewhere down the line, I'll finish in Albany. <laughs> well, we're alumni of the same program then. I was in uh, the assembly intern program in 2010. So uh, it's it's good that it's good that we have an ally and friend. And uh, and again, thanks for joining the show. Maybe um, for our listeners, assemblymen uh, who, who may not know you, um, can you tell them a little bit about your engagement in history with NISAC? How have you, uh, you know, we, we, I mean, you and I could talk about a bunch of different legislation that you've helped uh, shepherd through the process, but maybe you can share with our listeners a little bit about uh, your relationship with the association and with the counties. Well, sure. You know, I, I, I've been uh, in, uh, in the state legislature in Albany, as you say, uh, you know, since the, the mid 1990s. Uh, but, you know, my my background and in my pedigree and my love really is in local government. You know, I, I started out, you know, I'm a lawyer, so I've been a municipal lawyer for towns and, and villages. And I was, uh, as you mentioned, I was a, a, a town supervisor in the town of Southampton. I've represented a lot of villages. But when it came came to counties, that was for me was the very first job I, I had. As an elected official, I was a uh, member of the Suffolk County Legislature back in uh, uh, started back in 1988, and I served for two terms in, in county government. And uh, that's you know I learned so much from that job, especially about budgeting. And uh, you know Suffolk is a big county with a you know a budget that is has a you know it's a B, not an M. It's billions and not millions. Um, so actually my relationship with NISAC actually started way back when, when I was a county official and, uh, you know, participating in, in NISAC events and all of that. But, uh, uh, and I've, you know, again, been very much involved with local government and, you know, got to be the chair of the committee, uh, about five or six years ago. Now it's hard to believe that, uh, that much time has gone by, but, uh, you know, we picked up that relationship again, 
you know, and, you know, with, with NISAC and with, you know, you and Steve and, you know, all of your members. Um, and, you know, listen, when it comes to local government in Albany, there's always lots, to, you know, lots of issues to talk about and that, you know, that inter interrelationship between st state government and county government is, is a critical relationship. And, uh, you know, we all want to be on the same side, you know, rowing in the same direction. And it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, but, you know, we, we try to make sure that uh, we know what the needs of the counties are and that uh, state government can can respond accordingly. So, um, you know, really getting to know you and, and Steve Aquario through the last few years has been, uh, you know, one of the best parts of, of chairing a local government's committee and uh, look forward to continuing to do it. Well, that, thank you for that. It's it's likewise from our perspective as well. We we can't thank you enough for, for serving in this leadership capacity. Um, Assemblyman, you just mentioned engaging with our members and there's a lot of new county officials, but there's also a lot of new members in both the assembly and Senate again this year, which means from my perspective, uh, and I'm sure yours too, a lot of education on issues. As you had just mentioned, you know, serving in county government, there are a variety of programs that counties uh, touch the lives of our constituents. Uh, whether it's social services or when you pick up the phone and dial 911 or if you need your county road plowed in the winter time, I could keep going on and on and on. Certainly vaccinating the public during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. There's a lot of different functions that, that counties perform uh, for everyone in the state. But how do you go about mentoring and fostering relationships with these newly elected officials? I mean, they could... They could certainly learn a lot from your experience in the assembly. Um, how, what, what's that look like from from your end? Well, I, I, I think at the heart of it, and, and you know, you know, I don't. At, at some point, I went from being the youngest guy in the room when I was a county legislator to now being a mentor, right? And, and uh, you know that that transition, you know, in between. I think the first thing is to remember that uh, you know, in the state legislature, in the state assembly, that. You know, you too. We, I was also a freshman, and you know how daunting and intimidating it can be. Uh, you know, to to start in this process with with uh, you know as an elected official for the, for the first time. So I think you start from there. You try to remember back, you know, and 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 be somewhat empathetic of of what it was like uh, as a, as a freshman member of the assembly all those years ago, and. And I think for many of, of, of uh, my freshman colleagues, and as you said, there's a lot of them this year. I, I haven't added them up, but it's in the neighborhood of, a, I think, about 25, you yeah. know, somewhere in, in that neighborhood of 25 new members. And, you know, that that is one sixth of the body. And, and uh, you know, if you couple that with, you know, the, the last couple of election cycles, you know, probably more than half the members have been here six years or less now. Uh, there's there's been a, a lot of turnover. So I, I think first and foremost, you know, what what new members want to know about is the process. You know, how does the budget process work? What's an Article Seven bill? What's a Form Ninety Nine? Right? What are all these things that get thrown at people? So you know, with the local governments committee in particular. 
you know, there tends to be, you know, at least since I've been chair, uh, you know, a fair number of freshman members, usually freshman members because of the nature of the committee from upstate or from, uh, uh, you know, the, the suburbs around New York City. So, you know, part of it is just explaining to them what the local governments committee does, how the process works. You know, that, that's what I think that's the thing that 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 I at least in the beginning, you spend a, you know, a lot of time talking about. And then, you know, what are the issues that come up in local government? You know, what's the AIM program? What's CHIPS? You know, all those kinds of things. Because yeah. as you know, acronyms get thrown around here like uh, <laughs> like all the time. And, you know, it's like learning a, a new language. So, um, you know, you just spend some time. I mean, just yesterday, you know, we're, we're basically you know, after all the ceremonial stuff of the first couple of days last week, um, you know, you're, you're on the floor, you, you go over and kind of, you know, saddle up to some of the new members, you introduce yourself to them and, you know, just forming those personal relationships and, and letting them know, you know, that you're there to help them and, and uh, you know, to be welcoming and, and uh, just starting to establish those, those relationships. Um, and, you know, it's a little better this year, you know, two years ago during the pandemic, everything was by zoom. You right. know, I had a lot of members that for months I never met in person, you know, so, so it's those personal relationships, I think, and, and, you know, and process just letting, you know, trying to educate people and get them comfortable that, you know, that, you know, the, yeah, there's a culture and there's a process to the assembly. Uh, don't be intimidated. We're here to help. Um, and just, you know, beginning the first steps in networking and, uh, you know, those personal relationships, which, as you know, become so valuable down the line as, as you try to, you know, get things done and, and, you know, do the work that needs to be done for the people of New York. We'll be right back to the conversation after a brief message from a sponsor of ours at NYSEC. For over 30 years, the Public Employer Risk Management Association has been providing municipal employers across New York State with the best possible workers' compensation coverage for the most reasonable cost. PERMA is a nonprofit association created and governed by local officials. PERMA provides all-inclusive workers' compensation coverage from a team of caring and attentive risk professionals, and PERMA members continue the work within their communities. For more information, be sure to visit Perma.org. You know, th there's 150 members in the state assembly. So, um, you know, if you just think about that for a moment, you know, that that's a lot of new people to be, and, and just a lot of people in general to be engaging with. Um, so, you, you know, speaking of uh, the 2023 legislative session, which has been underway, I guess, now for a few days, um, what what kind of legislation are you going to be focused on uh, looking to try and advance this year? Well, yeah, look, looking from the perspective of certainly of the local governments committee and, you know, we, we've got the state of the state, the governor's delivered that. So, you know, at least we have some ideas about what her her priorities are going to be. And, you know, the, the, the details come in, in, in the state budget presentation, which is, you know, still, you know, a few days or maybe a week or a week or two weeks away it has to, you know, certainly by February 1st. Right. Um, so I, so I think there's, you know, there's a, a couple of things that are, that are coming, you know, to the forefront that, that, you know, we'll be focused on this year. And, 
you know, housing, I think, is going to be, you know, from a local government perspective, is going to be at the top of that list. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, for cities, towns and villages that have zoning powers and are involved in land use, that's going to be of critical concern. But listen, it also affects counties. You know, housing is a regional issue. And, and I know in my home county of Suffolk County, for example, you know, the role the county plays is largely through the, the Department of Health, through the sanitary code and, you know, water and sewer, what is permitted and what is not permitted. So I think housing is going to be on the, at the you know, one of the issues that's at the forefront for uh, local governments. I, I think also infrastructure, and that's going to take, uh, you know, a number of, of different forms, you know, certainly, you know, continued funding for uh, our roads and bridges and highways of, of, of critical importance. We need to build on what we did last year uh, to, to, you know, really, you know, I, I think at least looking at Long Island, we made a lot of progress in, on some projects like the Long Island Expressway, but there's so much more that needs to be done. You know, we've got the Bond Act out there now that's been voted on and approved by the voters. So green infrastructure, sewer and water, how much of that money out of the Bond Act is going to get appropriated this year? What's the process for its distribution? How does local governments get involved with that? So, um, you know, I think that's of, of critical importance. You know, an issue that's before my committee that, you know, I, I wanted to get to address, uh, but the pandemic came along and, uh, you know, so I think it'll, it'll circle around to being of importance and certainly counties care about this. And that's it. That's IDAs, industrial development authorities and economic development. You know, there, there really needs to be an update. I think of uh, of our statutes with regard to IDA. There's things that IDAs could be doing, you know, and housing is probably one of them that we should talk about, or mixed use developments. And so there's a role, uh, maybe a greater role for IDAs to play. At the same time, there needs to be proper oversight, uh, checks and balances in IDAs. So, you know, those are some of the issues. I think there's, you know, certainly not a, a uh, all inclusive list, but some of the issues that I think you know will be of of importance to me, transportation also. I, I think, and I know for counties, you know, especially on, on, in Suffolk, you know, we're we're really kind of uh, restructuring the way the, the bus system that the county operates works. So, you know, transportation will be on that list too. Yeah, and and for our listeners too, they should be aware that you know Assemblyman Thiel and then Senator Gorin, when he was the chair of the Senate Local Governments Committee, really pushed. Um, to expand the investment options for counties. And that law uh, sunsets in July, but you know that, that's a, a perfect example of a common sense reform, which has really um, allowed counties to leverage what money they do have in savings and maximize the investment uh, potential of those savings um, to be able to do things like sewer projects and water projects. And that that piece of legislation, which is which passed unanimously in both chambers, has gone a long way in um, just a very small tweak in state law, and uh, it's been a great success. So you know that there's there's bills like that um, that our members sometimes forget about <laughs> because yeah. we we do educate them, but uh, that's why the local governments committee, uh, particularly for municipalities, is so critically important. Uh, for issues like that. And of course, everything that Assemblyman Thiel just mentioned. But, you know, I, th I think you just touched on this 
um, on, on the governor's budget, which is set to come out well between now and, and February 1st. Um, there is a, a leadership void at the moment in the budget director. That individual took a position um, in Puerto Rico. So uh, there there is a little bit of a gap there, which is probably contributing to the uh, delayed rollout, I guess you could say, for the governor's budget. But um, certainly housing will be one of those areas that counties will be paying attention to. Um, sewer and water, which is a big concern down on Long Island. Uh, there's, you know, capacity issues that we have to be thinking about when you're building more structures and more buildings in high density. You know, how does that impact your sewer and your water systems transportation issues as well? Um, are there are there other items of the state budget that you're uh, keeping an eye on or or thinking about as as the chair of local governments, but also as um, a member representing Suffolk County? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, as far as the budget goes, you know, listen, the two biggest items in the state budget are uh, relate to health care and education. Yeah. You know, you add those two things together, they're half or probably a little bit more than half. And, you know, and the counties are right in the middle of both of those. Uh, yeah. So on the health care side, it, it's it, it's Medicaid and and you know, always you know, a big expense for county government. We put some caps on 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 that as far as the impact on county government, but still of critical importance. So you know, certainly we always keep an eye on what is the governor going to propose in the area of, of Medicaid and and uh, in healthcare because uh, you know that is you know a critical issue for the entire state, but certainly because New York in New York. Uh, we, uh, we 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 rely on county governments to administer that program and contribute to that program, which is rather unique uh, yes. when you look at things across the nation, which of course we all know and we've discussed before. So that is certainly a, a is it a budget issue we'll be looking at. And then on education, you know, and this also is, as it relates to counties, um, you know, there's there's a, you know certainly an issue with our community colleges. And the way that community colleges are funded, uh, you know, it in a perfect world, it would be a third state, a third from the county, and a third from tuition. We've never quite met those those ratios, and and uh, you know, the county government has paid a you know disproportionate amount of that, and we're you know, obviously in this climate trying to keep uh, you know tuition uh, affordable, but. You know, the, the real issue with that as we look to the budget is that there's been, uh, you know, a big decline in county, uh, you know, community college enrollment. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've put a floor in into the budget as far as, you know, funding for community colleges. So, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at that. And, and I think, you know, the bigger picture maybe beyond the budget is, you know, what is it that we can do? Uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic, which I think had a big impact on community colleges. But how do we uh, re-envision community colleges in the economy, you know, moving forward uh, yeah. in a way, you know, to kind of, re you know, to get those uh, uh, enrollment numbers headed in, in the right direction? I, I think, you know, it's not just education when it comes to community colleges, it's, it's our economy. And, you know, we've heard the governor, you know, wanting to stop the out-migration away from New York and, you know, creating jobs and having a place for people to live. But, 
job training and 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 training people for the next generation of jobs and you know so I, I think you know community colleges are a big part of that uh, so you know I would see that also is, is something in the budget and beyond that we'll be looking at yeah that that you bring up a great point on community colleges on the vocational aspect of the services they provide really connecting people to the jobs that are out there or the jobs that are coming for example in Onondaga County uh, the governor, along with County Executive McMahon, just announced, and Senator Schumer just announced a huge expansion in chip manufacturing with Micron. That's, you know, opportunities like that are hopefully going to continue to present themselves to the state, but we have to be able to match that with the skill set. Yeah, um, you know, on Long Island, you know, that, you know, our our answer to, to, to the, you know, chip manufacturing is offshore wind. Uh, you know, Long yes. Island, off the shore of Long Island, offshore wind is going to be a big part of me meeting our climate goals and providing renewable energy. Uh, you need the jobs, you know, to be able to provide the workforce for, for that industry. And, uh, you know, our, our state universities and our community colleges, you know, that's that's a role certainly that, that they can play as as as. Uh, you know, the, the industry of offshore wind, you know, one, we've got one offshore wind uh, farm that is under construction off uh, offshore in my district. There are two more that are working their way through the project, uh, through the process and many more, I think with leases, you know, going through the federal and state process. So, you know, the, there's great potential there, but, you know, the community colleges have a role to play there. In the, in the next generation of, of uh, jobs for our economy. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, so I, again, for our listeners, we've been joined by Assemblyman Fred Thiel, the chair of the Local Governments Committee and a strong friend and ally of both NISAC and county governments. Um, you know, Assemblyman, before we conclude, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Uh, from well, I, I, you know, there's two houses in the state legislature and we need to work together. And you had alluded to this, you know, previously that uh, Senator Gorin from Long Island, from Huntington and I were the the chairs of, of the local governments committee. And I think we uh, uh, all of us together had a great working relationship. And, you know, Senator Gorin decided not to run for, for re-election. But, uh you know, we have a new chair in the, on the Senate side, you know, Seneca, yeah. uh, Senator Monica Martinez, also from Long Island. So I know we have a lot of local government on Long Island, but you, you don't have to be from Long Island to be the chair of local <laughs> government's committee. But that, that's the way it's worked out. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as we move forward together, you know, I, I you know, uh, Senator Martinez had been in the Senate before. And, and is returning, yes. but I think, you know, and so we've all gotten to know her too. I, I just think that, you know, moving forward with her leadership in the Senate, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, I think the outlook is bright and that, you know, we'll continue to have that, that close working relationship between counties, the Senate and the assembly that we've had before. Uh, I, I expect we won't miss a beat in moving forward. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And, and the good thing is, um, Senator Martinez has uh, surrounded herself with a team of folks who uh, have been around the block, so to speak, and um, w which is always helpful for all of us because, you know, uh, for our listeners, there, there's hundreds of bills that make their way through both the Senate and Assembly Local Governments Committee every year. There's a lot of legislation and certainly without 
uh, Lisa Lombardo on Assemblyman Thiel's team and his staff, and uh, Francis on Senator Martinez's team. Uh, collectively, we all couldn't help each other without um, without having that strong connection. So uh, again, uh, Assemblyman, we're so lucky to be able to uh, call you a friend and having you serve in this leadership capacity. Um, it's it's really been an honor from my position to be able to work with you. And uh, again, thanks for joining today's show. And, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person. Hey, thanks, Ryan. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we got to you know talk about some of the priorities and some of the issues that we're going to be facing in, in 2023. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, to, again, to seeing you in person, but, uh, you know, to working with all of you uh, with, for what will hopefully be a very productive 2023 session. Great. Well, thanks again. Thanks. listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.